I've just been thinking about the difference between knowing something and getting it off the back of the two episodes that I just uploaded. I think this is 21, so the last two would have been 19 and 20. But it has me thinking about this distinction that's between data and information. So the difference being data is just an information point. It's just, it's one bit of information. And when you put data in order, when it's in sequence, when it's in formation, then that data becomes information. And data that has become information is words that the ego has translated so that the soul can understand it. Because to me, at least, the soul understands narrative. It doesn't understand language. Your soul doesn't speak English. It doesn't understand words per se. But when words are put in order, they become information. So a word is a data point. And multiple data points, so multiple words, put in the right sequence, in order, information, that data becomes a sentence. And that sentence has a narrative. And it's the sentence or the narrative that the soul understands. And that to me is the difference between knowing something and getting something. So you might know that lithium is found in Bolivia. You might know that oil is found in the Middle East. You might know, you might have a load of different data points. But if you don't have them in order, if there's no, if there's no narrative to them, you don't really get them. You understand them, but on a really shallow level. There's no depth to understanding. And this is what we do in schools. We, we learn shit off. We learn a load of data. You need to know the answer to the question in the test. Because the, the test tests whether or not you have the data. It doesn't test do you have that data information. It wants to know what year Columbus set sail for the Americas. It doesn't care that you don't know why or where or how he sets it or what was going on in the rest of the world when this happened. I mean, it's literally taught in school. Columbus discovered the Americas. But the people living there wouldn't say it that way. The people who've been living there quite happily for hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of years, they weren't surprised that their land was there. <laughs> Do you know what kind of way? It's like, imagine, so you're, you're going about your daily life and aliens land on Earth and all of a sudden they, they, they claim Ireland. They, they claim to have discovered Ireland. And you're there kind of going, uh, lads, what are you on about? You, you found it for yourself, but you didn't, you didn't find it out of thin air. It existed prior to you getting here so all our knowledge that's just a really base example of all our knowledge and how it's in reference in Ireland at least to the western culture typically you know English speaking countries or European countries predominantly white English speaking countries predominantly white English speaking monotheistic cultures we don't learn history. We learn Western version of history. This the same can be said for religion. I mean, we mock other religions for 
believing in silly gods or multiple gods, even worse again. Ha! Loads of gods. Lunatics. Without ever realising that if we grew up where they grew up, they'd look at us in the same light. And maybe they don't. Maybe maybe there's less arrogance in a less Western tradition. But the point remains, everything that you learn has a, a bias to a degree, leaning one way or the other. And that's the beauty of science. Science tries to strip away all of that. And it tries to be perfectly objective. And it has fucking, it's had savage success. You know, Chinese mathematics and American mathematics are essentially interchangeable. The electromagnetic spectrum is the same in Arabic as it is in Irish. They're they're fundamental. And that's the difference between facts and values, I suppose. And that to me is, is something that just blows me away. The, the, the difference between facts and values. The difference between scientific truths and what you might call religious truths or spiritual truths. Now there are those that would claim that there's a lot of crossover. There are those that would claim there's absolutely no crossover whatsoever. And like most things, when I'm left with it, is it this or is it the other? You know, for the most part, I'm left kind of going, can it not be just a little bit of both, lads? Depending on what it is that you're talking about or what, where you're referencing it from. But irrespective of the difference between, let's say, scientific truth and spiritual or religious truth, or philosophical truth for that matter, I want to get back to the difference between information and data. The idea that there is knowing something and there's getting something. Okay, knowing something being information and getting some I'm sorry knowing something being data and getting something being information my head is fucking wedged full of data and I mean wedged I know a million things about a million things but it's not until I sit down and record these episodes that I ever get the chance or space in my life to to put them in order to put them information to give them a narrative so that I get them as opposed to just know them. I'm often reminded by a quote from past guests in front of the show, uh, Paul O'Reilly, a.k.a. Podge. And I don't know, again, if Podge was quoting somebody else. Regardless, the line is, our minds are overfed and undernourished. We're like the big tech companies. We've got mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of people's data. But we can't, it's, 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 like having, it's like having all the words in a dictionary, but they're all muddled up. They're not in formation. And if they're not in formation, they're not in formation and they're of no use. So all the, the, all, the, all the data, all the knowledge that's in my mind, a lot of it's useless because it's not in sequence. It's, there's no narrative to it. I know these things, but I don't know the five subsequent things I need to know before I know that thing to fully understand it, to put a start, middle and end to it. And that's where the utility in broadcasting my internal dialogue comes from, because it makes me form narratives. And the more narratives that I can form, the more of my data is turned into information. And the more I get it, and the more that I can better understand myself and the world around me. And the better that I can understand myself, the better I can at least attempt to understand other people. The better I can understand myself, the better I can understand other people, the better relationships that I can build. The better business I can build, the better dad I can be, the better husband I can be. 
So what I'm tying with now at the minute is this idea of not consuming any more information as best I can and just working with what I've got. Because I probably have the information in my head if I could just put it in formation. If, if I could, sorry, I, have, I probably have enough data in my head to write 100 books. Now, they might even be good books, but there'd be start, middle and ends to them. And I just really feel like I'm chock full of so much data, but that it's of no use to me. But if I can put it in sequence, if I can organize it, I think I can clear up space in my head. And I think this ties in a little bit with psychological weight loss. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm weighed down by the data that's in my head. I'm carrying around this big bag of words. And again, in keeping with the dictionary analogy, it's almost as though I have a dictionary that's been torn into a billion pieces. And you can imagine if you have a, if you have a dictionary, big thick lump of a fucking Webster's dictionary or Oxford dictionary or whatever it is, and if you tear out each page and crumple it up into a ball, each one, each of the five hundred odd pages that's bound to be in a dictionary, it's going to take up a hell of a lot more space than the book in its you know more regular form. And that's what my fucking mind is like a lot of the time. It's a big mountain of crumpled up pages. And what this, what this podcast allows me to do is organise that data. It's glue those pieces of paper together so that I can make sense of them. And I can, I can turn the page then. And then in the, once I have that done or that body of work done, when I, once I've achieved that, once I've put it into book form, I have it then as a reference. And I've made space in my mind. I've, I've taken a load off. The same amount of stuff is there, but it's just taking up less space. My mind is more organised. And I know what a messy mind feels like. It's not fucking pleasant. When you're mitered with how you're going to fucking make rent or where you're going to get money for lunch or you're going hungry because you don't get paid till Friday and you don't have a fucking penny to your name, that just creates, creates so much fucking stress and noise between your ears that it can be hard to fucking think and it can be hard to sleep and it can be hard to function. But I've been blessed. I've had a run of relatively good luck over the last number of years and getting a business out of the ground. You know, married herself, have two fucking smart, gorgeous kids and a great family and all the rest of it. I'm fucking, I have so many blessings, it's incredible. And I've had the time and space, thank you, Mr. COVID, to try and wrap my head around all of this. Now, none of that, not all of that has been good. There's been plenty of fucking hardship there because that's what life is. Life is fucking hardship for the most part. But you can make it a hell of a lot more manageable by getting your shit together. And a big part of getting your shit together is transferring the data that you have into information, into knowledge, because you can use knowledge in a way you can't use data. And I think there's something to the idea of coalescing your mind and your soul. I think, I think that there's peace to be found in coalescing your mind and your soul. I think there's peace to be found in converting data to information. I think it reduces the amount of noise, the amount of kind of the, the amount of kind of background reverberation in your head, the jumping from one thing to another. It's like it's almost as though you're reading a you're reading a 
a book, you're reading a book of fiction, but you start on page one and then you read page 20 and then you read page three and then you read page 247 and you finish the book. You've read all the words. You've taken in all the data. But you haven't a fucking clue what the book was about because you didn't read it information. You didn't read it as information. You read it as data. Worse again, I think what we do is we don't even read a page at a time. We, we read a, a, a word off a page and then we jump to another page and read another word. You're intaking the same data, but it's not information. So you can't make any fucking sense of it. And I think our brains are chocked full of data. If we could only put it in, put it information. I've often heard too from, from Westerners mostly in relation to mindfulness and meditation that it's about quieting, quieting the mind and it's about silencing the ego. And I, I've never liked that idea. I've never liked the idea of silencing the ego. Because you need the ego. The ego is an integral part of you. It's like, it's like rain. It's like you mightn't like it. There might be a load of negative things, but try and live, try and live without it. It just doesn't work. It's a, it's, a, it's a necessary evil. And it's not even a necessary evil. It's just fucking necessary. But uniting the ego and the soul, now you're onto something. Because if you read the... Your soul doesn't understand words. But if it reads them in order, it understands narrative. It gets it. When you read the words in the right order, the way, they're, the way they were written... It, it, will ev- it will evoke an emotion. And that's your soul reacting to it. So your, your soul doesn't speak English. Your soul doesn't understand words. But it does understand sentences. It understands narrative. It gets it. And that's what I love about audiobooks. Particularly audiobooks read by the author. Or podcasts which are essentially live recordings of audiobooks. You get to hear the author's intonation. You get to hear it in their voice. There's a there's something about the, the tone of somebody's voice that adds to the words that they're saying. And that, again, it kind of evokes the soul. It gets your soul online and your soul starts to, to understand. And to me, the goal is, is coalescing your mind and your soul. And I think you do that by turning the data that you have into information because your ego hoards data and your soul has no access to that if there's no narrative to it. And it's it's not like any of this shit is fucking new either. Like, have we been have we been handing down logbooks over the years or stories? And don't get me wrong, logbooks have their place. Logbooks is logbooks are scientific. Logbooks are science is pure ego, and religion is pure soul. But we're not religion, and we're not science. We're religious and scientific. We're both. We need both, and it's the it's the coalescence between science and religion, between knowing something and getting something, between information and data. That's where it's at as far as I'm concerned. And that's, I think that's what I'm going to strive to do over the coming, I'll say days, possibly weeks. But certainly over the coming days, I'm going to stop trying to take in information or stop trying to take in data. Stop, just put the brakes on what my mind is receiving 
and just start producing what's already there because there's so much there's so much that's there that I don't really have access to. There's so much that my soul has gotten throughout the years. My soul has managed to, to pick up bits and pieces. It's busily working away at trying to understand everything that's around it. And it, it has understood things that the ego doesn't understand. And I think I'm going to spend the next couple of days or weeks even specifically trying to avoid new information and put the effort that I would put into hoovering up information into producing content. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon.